You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. We are going to spend some time in the Christmas story. And so go ahead and grab your Bibles. And leaders, we have our, Pastor Eric, we have our Bible bin right by Corrine. If you guys just want to make sure everyone has a Bible tonight, and we are opening up to the Gospel of Luke. So that's in the New Testament. Um, One of the first four books, you have Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You want to stop in Luke, and you want to pause in Luke chapter 1. And tonight, we are talking again about the Christmas story. And today, hopefully, we know this to be an extraordinary story. Because we just sang about it. We just talked about it. Christmas is the extraordinary story of Emmanuel, God with us. God coming to dwell with humanity. But before Jesus, the people of the Christmas story couldn't be any more ordinary. That's your first fill-in-the-blank note um, in your sermon notes. Students, we want you to be taking notes um, during our time together. That's really going to help us, um, that's really going to help the things that we talk about together sink in deeper. And then it's also going to help set you up for really meaningful life group discussions. And so your first fill-in-the-blank note for tonight is that the people of the Christmas story couldn't be any more ordinary. And we find that out pretty immediately in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. And scripture says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. All right, so right off the bat, we meet a couple of extremely ordinary people. And the two people we're really going to focus on tonight are Mary and Joseph. So let's talk about them for a little bit. Let's talk about Joseph for a minute. Um, We know from these first two verses that Joseph is a man who is pledged to be married to a woman named Mary. But other than that, we honestly don't know too much about Joseph. And so every little detail that we get becomes extremely important. And if you caught in verse 27, Scripture says that Joseph was a descendant of David. Now, this is really important because for a Jewish audience who is originally um, part of the original audience reading these gospel accounts they would have immediately read Joseph being from the line of David and remembered the covenant or the promise that God had once made to a man named David years and years ago. And so this Jewish audience, they would have been really familiar with a passage that is in your Old Testament, in our Old Testament, 2 Samuel chapter 7, starting in verse 11. The Lord declares to you, David, That the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, 
I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So this is the covenant, the promise that God made with David. And so the Israelites began to see God fulfilling this promise through some of um, David's descendants. But this passage also became the basis for the Israelites, God's chosen people, to expect a Messiah. Meaning expecting a savior, a king who would save them. And so for the early Jewish audience, reading Luke chapter 1 and seeing that Joseph was a descendant of David, that would, that would have immediately cued them, and it should cue us today, the question, could God be up to something? Could God be up to something here? So that's Joseph. Now let's pivot to Mary. Mary... Most scholars speculate that Mary was only around 15 or 16 years old at the time of the story. That is crazy because that means that Mary was around your age. That actually like 25% of you or 50% of you are even older than Mary at this time. And Mary is pledged to be married, pledged to be married to Joseph. And there is a strong emphasis whenever our gospel accounts, the narratives of Jesus' life. When they talk about Mary, they emphasize that she is a virgin. And that truth is emphasized because it kind of sets up the drama for what's about to happen next. And that is that Mary is found to be pregnant. And so we are going to read this Christmas story together in two parts. And I thought it would be really fun to really make it feel like a story. So I'm going to invite up Natalie to come up, one of our sophomore girls leaders. And she's, yeah, she's going to grab the blue mic on her way up. And if you guys in your Bibles want to turn to Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 28... We're going to go uh, verses 28 through 38, and you're going to follow along as Natalie. Um, she's actually a parent herself, so this is like story time. This is so fun. Natalie is going to read aloud for us, and let's follow along. Luke chapter 1, verses 28 through 38. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel asked, answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Thank you, Natalie. That was so beautiful. All right, part one of the Christmas story. Do you feel how crazy this story is? Like this angel literally showed up to Mary, high school student, age maybe, you know. She, he, this angel showed up and said, you will conceive and he will be the son of God. And Mary is like, 
I am not even married yet. Like, this is insane. This is insane. And we have to imagine that it would have been over for Mary at this point. Like, to be pregnant before marriage, that would have meant scandal and ridicule. That would have meant everything that she has in this world, especially as a woman in that time, everything was at stake. Absolutely everything. And so I feel like Mary probably would have wanted to respond as, no, no, God, like, I, I'm good. Like, I think you're asking too much of me. Like, you're asking me to give up everything. Students, have you ever wondered that? God, you are asking too much of me. And I think Mary, I think we maybe would have even empathized with her a little bit if she said, no, angel of God, this is way too much. But Mary does not respond like that. Instead, Mary chooses to respond, how? Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Mary is all in for the Lord. And I literally love, for, I love her for it. Because even at significant costs to what is supposed to be her marriage, even at significant cost to her reputation, to her future, to security, Mary says, I would give it all up if it means that I obey the Lord, if it means that I get to be the Lord's servant. And so Mary chooses to trust not even the little voice in her head that's telling her that this is so crazy, that this is too much. She's not even choosing to listen to the voices that she's anticipating. People are going to start whispering when they realize that she is pregnant. Instead, she chooses to listen to the voice of the Lord and to trust his word, that it would be fulfilled. But we have to remember that Mary, as extraordinary as this is, Mary is not the only one affected by this situation, right? Because she is pledged to marry Joseph. And so at this point, it really feels like the rest of the story hinges on how Joseph is going to react to this situation. And for that, we have the second part of our Christmas story. And I'm going to invite up Felipe to come on up here. Felipe, I thought, I thought, I thought it'd be fun to have some student story time. And so students, as Felipe is getting up here, do you want to turn in your Bibles a little bit to the left? You're looking for the first gospel, the gospel of Matthew. And we are turning to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 24. And we're going to follow along as Felipe reads out loud for us. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from his sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him 
and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not cons consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Beautiful. Thank you, Felipe. <laughs> Gentleman and a scholar. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Standing ovation. Unbelievable. Felipe, gentleman and a scholar, and Joseph, our man Joseph, gentleman, and also probably a scholar. Joseph, you guys, in verse 19, we learn again a little bit more about him, and we see that he is a man faithful to the law. Other translations of the Bible describe Joseph as a righteous man. So how will a righteous man react to the news that the woman who is supposed to be his bride is pregnant? Imagine, like, first of all, like maybe some of the fear that Joseph had in this situation. Like, okay, this was the future. Like, this is what was supposed to happen. All of a sudden, like, that's out of my control. This is crazy. But also imagine the anger and the hurt that Joseph felt that this woman he was pledged to marry is all of a sudden pregnant, and Joseph knows he had no part in that. But Joseph, Joseph, even though, especially as a man, he could have ridiculed Mary, he could have destroyed her reputation even more, he could have embarrassed her and humiliated her, instead of doing that, Joseph makes this beautiful choice to show her grace and divorce her quietly in a way that the world probably wouldn't have thought that she even deserved. But that's what Joseph decided to do. He said, I am faithful to the law. This is, this is not what I wanted. I am hurt by this situation. I am confused, but I am not going to shame this girl any more than she's probably already going to face. It's amazing. It's an amazing, noble decision, and yet... Everything changed for Joseph in an instant when he heard from the Lord. Did you catch that Joseph, this was the decision that he was going to make, but then Joseph got news from the Lord that God had done something extraordinary, that God had done something special, and that Joseph didn't have to be afraid of entering into this marriage with Mary, that, that Joseph could enter into it willingly and even with excitement because God was up to something special. And Joseph decided to trust God. And that led to what I think is one of the greatest acts of marriage of all time, and that is that Joseph chooses pregnant Mary to be his wife. And he cares for her. And because of that decision, together they get the experience of a lifetime. And that's that they get to bring baby Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, into the world. And students, at this time of year, this is the story that we celebrate. We celebrate this good news. That, that God came to earth to dwell with his people. Okay, like that already in and of itself is, is something worth celebrating. That, that is, is worth being in awe over. But what's amazing is that God did not stop at the manger. God did not stop at the cross. And God did not even stop at the empty tomb. That God came to seek and save the lost. That's what the angel tells Joseph Jesus is going to do, that, that through Mary, through the Holy Spirit, their son Jesus would save the world from their sins. 
That's what Jesus himself says in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Jesus' own words, he says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And HSM, that is the good news of Christmas is that Jesus, God himself, came to seek and save the lost, the lost being us, the lost being us in our sin. But I think the good news of Christmas also comes with a great invitation. And I think the great invitation of Christmas is something that we see in Mary and Joseph's story, and that's this, become the Lord's servant. That if God really came to seek and save the lost, then it is our great honor and our privilege to become the Lord's servant, to worship him with our lives. Remember in Matthew chapter 1, verse 24, Joseph hears from the Lord and scripture says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. And then Luke chapter 1, verse 38, Mary says to the angel, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Mary and Joseph, remember, they were just ordinary people. What was special about them was really nothing actually about them and everything to do with God. It was the fact that God had found favor with them and that Mary and Joseph chose to trust God. And I think what's absolutely extraordinary is that Mary and Joseph chose to obey God in crazy ways, even when it didn't make sense. Probably didn't make sense to them. Probably didn't make sense to the world. Mary and Joseph, they really had nothing to go off of other than trusting that God was with them and that God's word was going to be fulfilled because he is faithful. That's all they had to go on. And instead of saying no, They decided to say yes and imagine, imagine what they would have missed out on if they had said no. They would have missed out on the greatest rescue mission of all time. They would have missed out on being involved in the ways that God was going to change the world forever. And Mary, you guys, Mary did all of this at your age. At your age, you can have an extraordinary part in God's story. And I think there's a lot that we can learn from, from Mary and Joseph, but the one thing that I want to focus on for our last few minutes together is this. It takes extraordinary obedience to play a part in God's extraordinary story. God is absolutely unfathomable to us. And so if we want to play a part in his story, it takes extraordinary obedience on our end. And what I don't mean by that is that we have to be extraordinary in order to earn God's love. We kind of, we've already talked about this, like like Mary and Joseph, ordinary people, you and me, sinful people, and yet God still sent Jesus into the world to come and save us. So this is not about earning God's love. What this is about, and what I do mean, is that the Christian faith is not a sideline sport. That the Christian faith is all about ongoing action and active obedience. And maybe you are hearing about Jesus tonight and this Christmas season for maybe some of the first times and you're just getting to know Jesus. And I hope that tonight you saw the good news. You saw the good news that God himself came to seek and save you. 
And I hope that you're, you're seeing that this is part of God's call on our lives, is to become his servant. But I also think that there are some of us out there who have heard this invitation time and time again. And we just haven't really responded. We haven't really let this message sink in. And I have to tell you that no response is still a no. Like, ask anyone planning a wedding. Like, Kaylee, like, <laughs> Kaylee planning a wedding? Kaylee planning a wedding? Where's our girl, Kaylee? Kaylee planning a wedding. If someone RSVPs nothing, you're not, they're not getting a meal if they show up. Like, you're just, no response is still a no. And so as one of your pastors who loves you, I have to urge you, don't miss out on God's extraordinary story simply because you haven't chosen to get off the bench and into the game. Just because you haven't responded to God's invitation. But then I also think that there are some of us, and I say us because I want you to know that I'm not exempt from this challenge. I really think that there are some of us who are Satan's favorite Christians because we claim to know the truth and yet we have no intention of actually obeying the Holy Spirit. I really believe and I fear that some of us are Satan's favorite Christians because we claim to know the truth but we have no intention of actually obeying the Holy Spirit. And we want all the comfort and ease that this life offers us. We want all the fame and the fortune without giving up our own desires. But if you want the extraordinary, abundant life that God offers us out of his love for us, Jesus is very clear that that life starts by taking up your own cross, by dying to yourself every day. Following Jesus will require you to lay down your own opinions, your own desires, your own plans, and your own life in submission to what God has for you. But it's also the only way that we can really follow Christ. And it's the only way to truly worship him. And it's the only way for our lives to mean something far greater than it ours ever could on our own. And so HSM, this Christmas season, I don't want you to miss this invitation that we have. Similar to Mary and Joseph, I believe that God in coming to earth, Emmanuel to dwell with us, to seek and save us, we have an invitation to become the Lord's servant. And if you really want to celebrate Christmas, then what you can do is to follow God's lead. Be obedient to him in all areas of your life. And the question that I want you to wrestle with before we head off into life groups is this. What crazy thing is God asking you to be obedient in? What crazy thing to the world, what, what crazy thing is God asking you to be obedient in? I think it might be finally choosing to accept Jesus, to receive him as your savior. Maybe right now you're thinking about that person in your family or your friend or your teammate who you know that God has been asking you to share Jesus with, but you've been too afraid. You're like, I think that's too awkward. Maybe it has to do with HSM. We have a lot going on here. God is up to a lot of things. And so maybe you're like, man, I know that God wants me to go to winter camp. I know that that's going to be an awesome way to grow in my community and grow my relationship with God. But I just don't want to give up 
a weekend of Netflix. And you're going to choose a weekend of Netflix over a life-changing experience. Or maybe you feel like God is calling you to apply for our Mexico missions trip next summer. But you're like, that's so wild. I got I to gotta fundraise a little bit. That's so much trust in God. I don't know if I'm up for it. It takes extraordinary obedience to play a part in God's extraordinary story. And I don't want you students to miss out on it. And so whatever it is right now, whatever crazy thing that you feel like God is asking you to be obedient in, I want you to write it down in your notes right now, if you know it. And then in our life groups tonight, you guys are going to discuss it. And then I want you to pray about it. And then I want you to do it. And together, together, I believe through these acts of extraordinary obedience, we are going to experience God transforming us and our world all for him and all for his glory. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for tonight. And thank you for every student and leader here. And God, we are just in awe that you loved us so much that you would send your son Jesus to live, die, and rise again so that we can experience a relationship with you. And God, I pray that this Christmas season, we choose to worship you and we choose to trust you. And we choose to be extraordinarily obedient so that we can experience you in your extraordinary story. We love you, Lord, and it's in your name that we